to the eighth episode of Rogue Librarians, a podcast in which three librarians discuss banned books. We are your hosts, Marion, Dorothy, Alana, and, and we, we are, are the, the Rogue, Rogue librarians. librarians. We would love for you to participate in our discussion. Please visit theroguelibrarians.com or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Rogue Librarians Pod. So, as always, we like to begin with a book that we've recently read, and I'm going to just jump right over Dorothy and go to <laughs> Alana. Great. So one of the books I read recently that I especially liked was I Kissed Shara Wheeler by Casey McQuiston. And I love all the books I've read by Casey McQuiston. And this one is a young adult novel instead of an adult novel about um, a girl named Shara Wheeler who disappears and the main character is trying to hunt down what happened to her. And she is um, teaming up with two people she didn't interact with normally, including Shara's ex-boyfriend, to try to find Shara. Be- one reason is because Shara had kissed her before she disappeared. And so um, sexual orientation is a big question in this book. Uh, and it is really interesting and you want to find out why Shara disappeared and what happened to her. Sounds good. Really good. Compelling. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Dorothy? I am reading a book called Because I Could Not Stop for Death. And it is an Emily Dickinson mystery. And I was completely sold upon seeing the cover, which has the figure walking in a foggy morning. And I've also been I have, I'm obsessed with the show Dickinson on mm, Apple yes, TV. So good. So, like, it's timely for me. Uh, I'm listening to it. I'm not 100%. I'm only, you know, maybe third of the way through. Uh, so, I, I'm not 100% sold on it because whatever my expectations were going in based on the cover and the title, well, you know, I'm expecting something maybe a little paranormal so far none but you know it's implied that emily has a little otherworldliness about her mm. and i keep wanting there to be more of that uh the main character it's told by uh, a maid for mm-hmm. the dickinson family uh but some interesting things so far is that it is it is a discussion of politics pre-civil war and uh slavery and slave catchers you know play a part in the mystery Mm. so that's you know that's interesting i just visited her house last weekend actually for the first time i was just thinking i would love to do that it was so cool i highly recommend it they just finished renovating it and And where is it it's in amherst Massachusetts. oh my god yeah it's so cool highly recommend it oh well i definitely need to do a road trip Mm -hmm. um the book that i've been reading is called these precious days and it is a book of essays by ann patchett Um, It came out a year ago in November of 2021, and um, as Anne says in the prologue of this book, um, which she narrates herself, which is very cool, actually, because I'm I'm listening to the audiobook, and um, she talks about how COVID affected everyone's lives, and, and normally she does a lot of traveling to make sure that she does her research for her books and it makes them as true to life as possible. 
um, she, uh, she decided to write her essays and to compile her essays into a book um, during COVID. So anyway, what drew me to this book was the cover, most definitely, which has the picture of the cutest dog ever. And this dog looks so much like my dog, um, whose name is Toto, because, you know, librarians have to have literary dog Mm -hmm. names. but I was completely drawn in by that that picture. And in, in, in one of her essays, I have not finished listening to all of them yet, but every single one I listen to, I think, oh my God, that's the best. I love that. And then the next one comes up and I like that one even better. And then the next one comes up. So um, they're, they're amazing. And hearing her actually narrate these essays is is terrific um the one that i just finished listening to has to do with her love of snoopy from charlie brown Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and her dog is named snoopy actually no her dog is not named snoopy because she felt that that would be too much for her dog to have to live up to (laughs) and so she named her dog sparky which also comes from peanuts um but talks about how much she learned from snoopy specifically the character snoopy in her own attempt to become a writer and of course you know she went it was to Sarah a dark and, and stormy and night. that's what she starts with yes. it was a dark and stormy night and then she talks about how when she went to create um to to get a master's of fine art in writing that um she was told by her professor you should never start a sentence with it you should never use the pronoun it and of course you know then she goes back to snoopy it was a dark and stormy night and she talks about you should never tell that to Charles Dickens because it was the best of times. It was the worst right. of times. And, um, but anyway, it's, these are amazing essays and they're very thought provoking and heartwarming. And I think everyone should, should, should read this. Great. Awesome. Yeah. As a reminder today, we will continue discussing drama by Raina Telgemeier, which was the fifth most frequently challenged book in 2018 and the seventh most banned book between 2010 and 2019. Mm. It was published in 2012 and won the Stonewall Book Award in 2013. And a quick reminder that last episode, we discussed in detail why it's been banned, but it has been banned mainly because of the gay characters. It's Inclusion of LGBTQ plus characters was unusual at the time, and it they other people called it sexually explicit and said that it had an offensive political viewpoint. Just a quick a quick review of the uh, summary of the book. Um, The book is called Drama, and it is about a group of middle schoolers putting on a play and also their love lives. Mm. That's the short version. Mm -hmm. I think that's sufficient. I mean, if you just say middle school, the setting is middle school. It is, and it captures it so perfectly. It it really does. If you've ever been to middle school, which surely everyone has, or had a child who's gone to middle school, Mm -hmm. you know that middle school is what it is. Um, And as a life who has worked in middle schools. I personally love middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes, I, so I also love my middle I'm just going to put that out there. But no one th- thinks back to their middle school years as the best years of their lives. No, but yes. you're, you're right that it is much more fun to work with them than I expected when I started yeah. in middle school. Yeah, I was terrified. Yeah, same. But I, I love them. And I still have this conversation with them Yeah, every year. I'm like, but I love you guys. 
one of the things I love about them is how much they are figuring out who they are and how much they change over the course of one year. It's it's really special to watch. Mm-hmm. It, it truly is. And as having been the librarian in the middle school, um, the library was such a place of solace for um, for a lot of students who just you know were really struggling with fitting in um, as all middle schoolers do, and they would come and just talk to me in the library and I got to know them so well and it was just great to be able to recommend um, different books and and you know just it, it was just great to connect with them and yeah. and just make them feel special making them feel special made me feel special yeah definitely mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well that helps us lead into our first segment on characterization in drama Last episode, we talked a little bit about how much we enjoyed Callie's character. Uh, she's a very strong character, very passionate about theater, very um, interested in her friendships. One other thing that I appreciated is that even though her crushes on people are part of the drama of the book, um, the book does not end happily for her romantically. And I appreciated that because mm-hmm. it seemed more realistic than like, oh, everything's going to get tied up in a neat bow. And now she's going to be with Matt or Greg or, you know, one of the other characters who was just mentioned briefly. Right. And I loved how resilient she was mm-hmm. in that regard. And I mean, middle school romance for people who don't know, uh, people start going out, break up usually within a week. And in some cases, have a single conversation mm, during that truth. entire time. Yes. So, you know, to show it as resilience, I think really helps. I think it could really help middle schoolers who are dealing with all the drama be able to say, okay. Plus she sees some of that behavior for how kind of dismissive it is of her and what she wants Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean she turns down greg when he's like you know he completely ignored her for so long after Mm -hmm. kissing her at the beginning of the book and he sort of offers for them to get back together and she's like no i have more self-respect than that exactly you ignored me you mistreated me in front of your friends i'm not going to just go back to you she doesn't say those words but she 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 says "Eh, no yeah (laughs) but she also doesn't want to play second fiddle when he was hung up on another character, Bonnie, mm-hmm. who was just not portrayed as the nicest human being. No, so, um, yeah. Um, I want to jump in and talk about Liz. Sure. Um, I, I love Liz. Liz is um, Callie's best friend. Yes. Um, and she's very artsy, and she's the costume designer and um, person in in the play, um, or it, for, from the stage crew. Not even stage crew, just from the crew. Crew. Um, but but Liz is fantastic, and the way their friendship um, is shown is just so reminiscent. Like it took me back to middle school. I remember my middle school best friend, and I remember just the conversations we had, and and how we'd be just boohooing, you know, at one moment, and then just laughing so hard at the next moment. And I just love that about their friendship. I love that. You know, even when they have a disagreement, you know, Liz is like, yeah, I'm not, I can't stay bad at her too long. We mm-hmm. have too much history. I love her too much, but I'm going to make her wallow a little bit. You know, like that is just so beautiful middle school. And and I really felt that Liz 
was just completely fully developed, even though she wasn't the main character. Yeah. Yes. And Liz uh, did not have a romantic interest. No. Which was also, I think, important to have characters that were not, you know, it wasn't about every single kid being involved in something romantic. Mm Mm-hmm. And she and Callie would talk about things that weren't just Callie's crushes. Yes. So it passes the Bechdel test. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, they they were both so passionate about putting on the best play and talking about their techniques and things like Mm -hmm. that. Yep. And also Liz had her fear of the basement. Yes. (laughs) That was very cute. cute. Where they stored the costumes. (laughs) The costume closet, can we talk about for a second, was so perfect. Yeah. Having seen a few of those things, mm-hmm. it was it was awesome. Yes. I love the fact that Callie took her dance dress. She borrowed it from the costume closet. Yes, yes. She you know yes. she saw it. And she's like, "Ooh, I, I, this is the one time I wish that I were on stage instead of behind the scenes." Yeah, so. she said that. Yeah, that's the only time I'm jealous is when they get to wear the fun costumes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure, for sure. So um, I'm going to bring Bonnie back up again sure. because um, she's the other main female character that we get to know in the book, and then and then we can address the rest of the of the characters. But so every every um, story has to have the antagonist, and Bonnie definitely fits that bill. Um, initially, it's because Bonnie is the girlfriend of um, of Callie's love interest, Greg, and. Bonnie and Greg are having difficulties. They're not they're not talking. We don't know why. We don't care why. It probably doesn't matter because it's whatever, you know, was the latest drama that happened in their lives in in um but anyway, so Bonnie is then um she's just your typical kind of mean girl. She's she's very self-centered um and you know, and and we don't really get to know why she is the way she is but but we can sort of guess that that you know she's got her own issues and uh, one of the issues we learn is that she's struggling with some of her classes in school and she she needs a tutor um which you know um you know perhaps that's why she has to excel at other things she does including being you know um the most attractive most desired you know person to date and whatever in in middle school it's like a pecking order thing mm-hmm. um so she, so she was really interesting to me too yeah definitely and i thought it was interesting that she wasn't just the antagonist in terms of getting in Callie's way but she also had asked Jesse, her tutor, to cheat for her. Yeah. And that was what caused West, who was then dating her as her co-star as well, um, that's what caused him to dump her. And that's what caused her to miss the second act of right. their last performance. Right. right. So the the fact that she is, you know, in their eyes, immoral for mm-hmm. wanting someone else to cheat for her is the thing that completely changes their mind about her right i liked the way that even though she you know she fit a stereotype uh there it wasn't an over-the-top baddie you know like she was flawed in the way that a normal middle school kid might be flawed uh you know morally ambiguous and self-centered and not caring about grades as much, 
but it, you know, it didn't like take it to, a, you know, she wasn't doing anything to actively hurt any of the other characters. Very true. Yeah. Which I, I appreciated. Mm-hmm. She's not bullying. Right. She's not trying to stab any of them in the back or anything like that. She's just being herself mm-hmm. or potentially right. herself. And I like that because sometimes I think that it goes too far when it normalizes behavior that I, and maybe encourages middle schoolers to behave in ways that they wouldn't normally, those kinds of stories. I mm-hmm. Mean Girls comes to mind because even though I, I do love that movie, <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of the middle schoolers want to be the mean girls and don't get the lesson that that's bad mm. <laughs> and instead, uh, you know, make their own burn book, etc. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. I, I also liked the fact that at the, um, towards the end, um, you know, Bonnie's, we, we mentioned she's being tutored by Jesse, but she... Um, is being tutored because she doesn't feel like doing the studying herself. So she's mm-hmm. looking for an easy out because, of course, she's spending her time chasing the guys. And it turns out that um, in the end, um, she, you know, they joked about her being in danger of failing. She's now in danger of passing because apparently when <laughs> Jesse decided not to tutor her anymore, he quit tutoring her. She actually had to study and she's doing very well now. <laughs> So I thought that was kind of cute, too. Well, yeah. A little twist. Um, it's not that she wasn't capable of doing it. She was choosing not to do it. <laughs> so we all have our choices we make. Yep. Well, let's talk about Jesse some more because he is, I would say, the main romantic interest for Callie, at least in the second half of the book. And he and Justin are the two gay twins that we mentioned earlier. And Justin, I don't think, is fleshed out quite as much as... Jesse is, but we see that Jesse and Justin have always done the same things. People have always thought about them together. They've been treated the same way. Their father expects them to do really well in school. And Jesse told Callie that, you know, Justin is so passionate about being in the musical. He said, I want him to stand out for once. I want mm-hmm. him to have the spotlight. So he didn't want to audition, even though he's very talented himself. And he ends up saving the day later when Bonnie locks herself in the supply closet. Um, (laughs) But Jesse just seemed like the kind of guy I probably would have had a crush on, too, because he seems very kind, very thoughtful. He takes Callie to an amazing bookstore that's all about theater, and he just goes out of his way to help people. So I, I really liked his character. Yeah. Yes. Well, meanwhile, Justin, Justin, who is the the person who likes the spotlight, um, and and was very very talented, um, and but he kind of expected to get the leading male part um, because he he was so incredibly talented, and and then there's the the audition, and he doesn't get that part, and um, so you get you get this very humanized version of of a character who has to deal with that disappointment and accept the part that that he is given and embrace that and anybody who's ever been involved in a drama department knows that you know these are the the things that truly happen um i remember when my daughter started auditioning for plays and 
um, I, I just sat down with her and I said, you know, this is fine. I'm really proud of you for doing this. But I said, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to prepare yourself for more disappointments than parts mm-hmm. in your in your life. That's just the way it goes. Even if you become a professional Broadway star, you're still not always going to get the parts. And um, and so I like that that was was brought out in the book. Yeah. Um, the, the scene when they're walking, they go across the baseball field to oh, yes. so she can make Greg jealous mm-hmm. <laughs> and she doesn't say that but um Justin is on top of it he knows yeah uh but I liked Jesse was like what why would you want to make like he's kind of still a little clueless about the drama that's happening around him yeah which uh which I think you know speaks a lot to him really not coming out you know, he's he's just really not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> and he's sort of figuring that out as he starts hanging out with the drama kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I really like that. And I like the way they both just sort of came to her rescue there yeah. when there was an awkward moment. And it was really part of what solidified their friendship. Yeah, definitely. I also like the fact that when Justin does come out to Callie, when it's just the two of them, uh, he's like oh, I'm gay, you know, she's understanding that he's gay. And he's like, I'm gay, you can say it. And is just very upfront about it. And then she's like, oh, is your brother Jesse gay? And you can, I, I noticed it this time, that you can see on his face that he probably knows that Jesse is gay, but is choosing not to divulge his secret. Mm-hmm. So he's like, no, but you can see on his face yeah. that he really is not believing that. So... Um, and Callie's like, oh, great. And she has this big smile afterwards. So I, I agree that I, I loved the friendship that all three of them shared with each other. It's up to that person to decide when and to whom they want to come out. Um, it's not anyone else's right to do it for them. And um, and that just shows the depth of their love for each other that... that um, that Justin was able to not divulge that, mm-hmm. you know, to leave that to, to Jesse to do. Yeah, so. definitely. And Jesse was just so thoughtful, you know, just as a, a human, not even uh, discounting Callie's confusion over whether or not he liked her, you know. Mm-hmm. He noticed things. You see him noticing that she likes that book. Mm-hmm. Um and he's reluctant to say mean things about Bonnie, even though he feels them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he doesn't until he feels like he can trust Callie not to, you know, kind of start gossiping about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just a, a really great character. Yeah, yeah. They they are all really great characters. I, I love the scene um, when they're going to the bookstore. And, of course... Um, Callie thinks it's a, a date and of course it it isn't it's it's a friends going to the bookstore together and so both Justin and Jesse are there and she's like okay whatever and then their dad is driving them and <laughs> and, and asks the question you know are you Justin's girlfriend no oh, and then the, the are, layers that were the going layers, on there yes and then are you jesse's girlfriend and and of course she wants to be and right. he's like no and then the way her facial features are in her little thought bubble of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the expressions are so well well drawn yeah it's but just, you know, all the layers that 
especially in retrospect after the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Dad doesn't know their guy. Cali was wanting to think this was a date. And yeah. the kids were... There was also the layer of... <laughs> Dad, you know, like you don't talk to your oh, parents about he your was girlfriend. Such the dad was yes. such the the typical horrible parent oh, experience. Wondering. Everything he said was embarrassing oh, to yeah. them. Everything. You would never, I never would have yeah. asked my kids. I was kid always that. accused of embarrassing my kids, but I never would have touched on any of those yes. things. Yeah. You know. When I embarrassed my children, I did it on purpose. Well, right. <laughs> and they, they knew that. But I mean, you know, every parent who's ever driven their middle schoolers anywhere knows the rules are you're not allowed to talk. You're not, you're invisible. Oh, I did, not, I did not abide there. by that rule. But I didn't abide by that either because I was a teacher, so. Right. I was like, no whispering back there. I'm a person in the car. You can't have these little private conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so fun. Um, So, yeah, definitely a a moment that uh, the grownups can identify with. Yeah. So let's move on to the second segment. Um, The second segment is on themes. And um, do you guys want to uh, pick one that you found particularly compelling? Sure. I thought the one that s- struck me the most this time was the idea that you should follow your passions no matter how they may look to others. Mm, yeah. So Callie doesn't care how other people think of her obsession with theater and trying to design the best canon um we are we already mentioned too that she doesn't seem to care so much what other people think about her and she has pink and purple hair love that yeah and um and liz is also just so passionate about costume design so it seems like if you are passionate about something whether it be related to theater or not you should follow it absolutely yes I loved the way Callie's parents were very supportive. Um, I don't know if we ever saw Callie's dad in the book. Yeah, so. it's not. I don't think a I mean, dad is she, ever mentioned, so she may not have a dad. She may not have one, but but her her brother and her mom mm-hmm. were very very supportive of her. And her little brother, when she's moving a set piece onto the stage during the production, and he's like, "Hi, Callie." That's so cute. It was so but cute. I mean, the amount of love in that moment, you know, it was embarrassing to her, right. but at the same time, it was very sweet. It mm-hmm. was, and I and I think that's why. I guess that's my point. Is that's why we see Callie as this very unconfident young lady. In middle school, which is unusual because mm-hmm. she's very supported by a loving family, clearly. No, in terms of following your passions, I thought another uh, important theme was, I guess, combination, resilience, mm-hmm. and just agency that these characters, you know, they were, the kids were in charge of that whole production. And, you know, Callie trying to figure out how to make the canon do what she wanted the canon to do. And, uh, you know, characters just taking, solving their own problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was, I felt it was important just seeing how, and I know this book is 10 years old, but middle schoolers today, um, a common complaint is that they need to be, 
more spoon-fed everything, mm. um, which is, of course, not every kid. Um, mm. But, you know, that they were t- identifying the problems, attacking the problems, resolving the problems all on their own mm-hmm. was great. Yeah, definitely. And going along with that, we mentioned earlier the importance of teamwork, and yeah. you see that in their solving problems, yes. too just how willing they are to help each other out in these various situations. It was really great. Yeah, that was really, really cool. I mean, like, you know, when they haven't sold enough tickets and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they come up with a plan to sell tickets and the and putting up the flyers and, and you know, and then picking up another person to work with the stage. I mean, it, it just was really, really, that was neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also feel like... Um, you know, the, the friendship is more important than a crush question mm-hmm. is definitely a neat theme here. And and that's, man, I just feel like that's so important just throughout life. And and for that to have become, you know, such a big theme in this book um, where, you know, I mean, it's just expressed in so many ways. I mean, Callie and Liz and their friendship mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. a beautiful, beautiful friendship. Um and she gets a little irritated at Callie at sometimes. And then, you know, like there's a scene at the at the at the dance where she kind of deserts her for a while. But, you know, but inevitably they find each other and they end up having this laughing, crying moment. And it's it's just so cute. Um, and then but but what really stood out to me, too, is is how she was able to maintain this lovely friendship with Jesse, even after she had this serious mm-hmm, crush on mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. really thought that he had a crush on her back and then to find out that you know he's he's at least um bisexual if not gay and therefore and and that she's not the person he's interested in that there's another person that is really capturing his heart right now um but that they can still be friends and mm-hmm. very very good friends um e- with that even with um matt uh, who we didn't talk about much, and Greg, brothers, um, there is this element of, you know, th- whether or not they're going to be angry with each other over this crush that Matt had a crush on Callie, and Greg Callie had a crush on Greg, and Callie, Greg just Callie even, even though he knew yeah. that Matt, yeah. <laughs> Which is so typical. So And they were really more on the side, but I feel like they also... You know, we're exploring that same theme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And and I think that's just such an interesting... Uh, that was another thing that just felt so ordinary and lovely in this book is that it wasn't... It wasn't, like, that big of a deal um, that characters were gay or bisexual because there's, there's always sort of that tension when you have friends that are, you know, potentially love interests, no matter whether they're the same sex or a different... Um, I say same sex, but same gender or different gender, it doesn't really matter because, you know, anyone could be a love interest and anyone could be a friend. And there's always that pain when you're attracted to someone and you think, oh, is this a crush? And then realize, well, it's not a mutual crush, but we have a lot in common and we're really good friends. And that's even more special because a crush comes and goes, but a friendship is kind of you know a long term. Yeah, yeah. Thing. but you don't know that in middle school. Yeah, you know? no, I know. You, maybe, maybe that a crush maybe comes and it. goes. Yeah, I and to go along with that, I think it's really important in this book that we see that 
you should be who you truly are. You shouldn't pretend to be something mm-hmm. you're not. Mm-hmm. And so Jesse eventually is honest with her and is like, well, I'm interested in West, you know, at the moment. And and also it's important to accept other people if they're different, no matter how that difference appears, mm-hmm. whether it's in your interests, your talents, your sexual orientation, your gender identity. You see most of the characters accepting others for who they are. Yeah. I think to a degree they even accept Bonnie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, up until the the cheating incident. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's not the nicest person, but she was on the cast and part of the team. And yeah. she's very talented. Yeah, and they would uh, recognize and admit that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they would. I mean, sometimes the most dramatic people are really good <laughs> good actors. actors yes for sure <laughs> should we move on to our final segment let's do it yes indeed so our final segment is talking about the book's significance for us personally and we get at it in a few different ways starting with um a song book tv show movie that it makes us think of so dorothy do you want to take over yes uh and this very much and and then i'd like to put it in terms of like what would i recommend to the characters in the book uh and in this case i think callie as she grows up uh, should read Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, mm. which, uh, if you haven't read it, there's a play <laughs> uh, being produced, uh, which of course is a nice tie-in, and um, and it's it's as the title suggests about why is why should gay people have to come out in the first place? Mm. Why is it you know straight people do not have to say? By the way, I have done some soul searching and I have discovered that I am straight. You know, it's not a thing that they have to do. Uh, so why should gay people have to do it? And uh, so I, I just think that she would very much enjoy it. And it was, for me, the first book with, uh, with gay characters that I read and truly felt the crush mm in the same way that I felt crushes in heterosexual books. Uh-huh. So even though, you know, I'm open-minded and I enjoy reading uh, gay fiction, I, that was the one that was, that I truly felt it the same way, which oh, was a, was a big leap for me. Mm-hmm. So It's such a good book. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to cover the question that I would like to ask. Um, the characters and and um, Alana and Dorothy, you're going to be my guinea pigs here. But the question that I wanted to ask is, um, how do you feel about the portrayal of toxic masculinity in in the characters and in in the story? I think Raina Telgemeier does a nice job of portraying it without naming it. Mm-hmm. So. Unfortunately, the behavior that comes to mind is seen as very normal. For example, Greg kisses Callie when it's just the two of them, but the next day when she goes to say hi to him, he ignores her, seems embarrassed by her, and basically says, you know, oh, I talked to my ex-girlfriend and we're back together. So the way he treats Callie is really 
frustrating, but unfortunately, I think it's something that a lot of people have experienced. Mm-hmm. And the way true. that his younger brother, Matt, treats Callie feels toxic, too, because mm-hmm. he is he has a crush on Callie. She does not know that. And he takes out his anger at his brother, Greg, by being angry at Callie and saying really snippy things to her and sometimes really hurtful things to her Mm -hmm. and like oh well that's cutesy like you know why would someone care about that little um the pincushion that she gives to liz and he's just very dismissive of everything callie does throughout most of the book because he has a crush on her and because he's angry at the situation right and there's even a competition sort of between them that comes you know we we get that in the scene where he expects to have the stage and you know to do the lighting and and test that out and She's on the stage painting set pieces, and yeah, that's that's um, that's a little conflict. Um, yeah, did you want to add anything, Dorothy? Uh, well, we were talking about the dad in the car, and mm. um, I don't know if this 100% counts as toxic masculinity, but just this sort of assumption that dating is happening. Yeah. Uh, especially in middle school. Like, I, I think that's almost never an assumption right. with middle schoolers. She's not just their friend. She has to be one of their girlfriends. Right. Yeah. 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 It, it, for sure. And then and the one for me that stuck out is um, is towards the end when, um, when Greg, you know, reconsiders because now he's decided that... Um, that he's not interested in Bonnie anymore. And he, you know, he is kind of saying to Callie, well, you were, you were here in front of me all along and I just missed it. And, Mm. um, and she's just like, forget it. I'm not playing second fiddle. And then she gets up and she says, I'm going to walk home. And Mm. he's like, well, alone, alone, (laughs) you know, I will walk you home. And she's like, it's a block, you know, like there's this, and, you know, I, th- that one's really interesting to me, too, because, you know, there's this sense of chivalry of, you know, well, yeah, we should be um, safe and, you know, and, you know, men are the protectors. But but yet there's something about that scene that's like, OK, first she lives a block away. It's fictional. She's going to be fine. <laughs> but um, not that I'm condoning women walking home by themselves ever because, well. you know, we all know th- bad things happen and um, which is somewhat symptomatic of a larger toxic masculinity right, problem right, right. in society. Mm-hmm. But um, but I like her independence there and the fact that, you know, she's just like, I don't need a guy. Mm-hmm. How about Alana? A passage that spoke to us. So one of my favorite passages was near the end when Jesse and Callie are reconciling after he basically deserted her at the dance that he had invited her to. And she saw him talking to West and she apologizes to him first for blowing up at him. And and then he says, Callie, I'm the one who should be apologizing to you. However, it was you who told me to go after what makes me happy. And she says, that wasn't quite what I meant. So you and West, huh? And then he says, well, sorta. West still doesn't know if he's really gay or, I don't know, bi or whatever. Really? She says. What does your brother think? Oh, he definitely thinks West likes me. Well, you're a pretty likable person. Thank you, Callie. You've played such a huge role in breaking me out of my shell. And if I was going to like any girl, it would have been you. 
I thought that's such a sweet moment. It was so sweet. It is such a sweet moment. And yet, that just makes me cringe because I can tell you, <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time a guy said to me <laughs> something along the lines of, you're so great, you would make a wonderful partner to somebody someday. Yeah. And I would always be like, well, uh, you know, because I was always the friend in the friend zone. <laughs> I had to say that to a few people over the years but you know it's just like i don't know pheromones like either they're there or they're not it's (laughs) true and and you know and i get it but it it's still very hurtful it is it's so hard of a conversation to have it's crushing and i think that it's not just me everybody has felt that way Mm -hmm. at some point in their Mm -hmm. in their Mm -hmm. um growing up and testing out the waters with dating and and yeah I, I, it's painful to be friend friend zoned, <laughs> mm-hmm. even though it can become very enriching and probably the best case scenario. But at the time, it's like, eh. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that about wraps up our discussion for today. In the next episode, we will discuss the book All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. Please join us next time for a discussion of why this book has been banned. And by the way, um, if you, any of you listeners, have a suggestion for a book that you would like us to address, we recommend, we request, we beg you to please uh, leave us a comment or question. Um, Visit theroguelibrarians.com or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at roguelibrarianspod. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcast. We would appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. And finally, please consider supporting us on Patreon. We are a small enterprise and we need your help to run. Thank you so much for reading with us today because books are meant to be read. Bye. Bye.